Alright guys, welcome back. This is Faye. This is Nick. And this is... Creogs Over, over coffee. coffee. So today we have with us back um, Michael Foley, who has been with us on this um, wellness financial series, talking to us about a bunch of great topics. And today he's going to be talking to us about debt. So welcome back, Michael. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me back. Absolutely, Michael. So we'll just start off the show with kind of that disclosure statement once more. So um, you're a comprehensive financial advisor running your practice out of Scottsdale, Arizona under North Star Resource Group. Michael was trained at Duke University, holding a certified financial planner designation alongside certified student loan professional designation. He serves a diverse group of clients with financial and student loan needs. He has two physician parents and he's found a specialty working with those in the healthcare space. He's a registered representative and investment advisor of Securian Financial Services. Security Investment Advisory Services are offered through Securian Financial Services Incorporated, member of FINRA and SIPC. North Star Resource Group is independently owned and operated at 6720 North Scottsdale Road, Suite 290 in Scottsdale, Arizona, 85253. Financial professionals do not provide tax, mortgage, or legal advice, and this should not be considered as such. Please consult a tax, mortgage, or legal professional for advice regarding your specific situation. One of these days, Michael, I'm going to actually have this memorized. I was going to say that was was pretty good. It's rolling off the tip of the tongue these days. Well, all right. Um, But now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's talk through um, what are we going to be learning about today from you? Yeah, sure. You know, so I wanted to spend some time. I thought it'd be good to talk a little bit more about debt and uh, really specifically how to be thinking about debt uh, as a whole. Um, You know, looking at managing credit card debt, um, how to build your credit, uh, mortgages, you know, and buying a house as a physician um, and also, you know, purchasing cars in this this crazy market that we're in as well. Awesome. So let's jump right into this, Michael. Let's first talk about that first learning objective. So how should we be thinking about our debt as a whole? Like, what is debt? Yeah, sure. And, you know, I think uh, debt is uh, is sometimes uh, an abstract concept that gets a really bad rap sometimes in, in our uh, you know in our world that most most uh, parents or things like that is debt debt is the devil it's not you know we don't we don't want to accrue debt pay off debt as fast as you can you know when we look at it from a financial and kind of more objective uh, opinion we really got to you know we got to dig down into the depths of maybe a high school econ class for you a lot of you guys and mm-hmm. um, looking at the, the concept called opportunity cost and so opportunity cost is you know, essentially, what are you, if you're putting your money towards something, what are you missing out on by not putting your money towards something else? If you look at it from a debt standpoint, you know, we'd have to look at debt as an opportunity cost. So if we're putting a situation where maybe you're getting charged 7% interest on a loan, well, it might make sense to pay down that loan or that loan a little bit faster because you're getting charged a higher interest rate. But when we're looking at maybe like, let's say the reverse is true, and maybe we have, you know, a mortgage that someone has that they're only taking you know, they're only getting charged maybe 3% interest as they got, you know, good rates before the rates started jumping up. And, you know, but now they're able to earn maybe 6 or 8% in their investment account versus paying down towards this 3% debt that they owe on their house. Now it's going to make sense because we're actually going to be able to profit by putting money towards that investment. So that's really how I want you guys thinking about debt as a whole, um, because a lot of times debt can be a you know a leveraging opportunity that you know can allow you access to you know uh, acquire another assets that are going to be good assets for you to have, like buying a home as well. So where a lot of people get led astray is when they take out loans and they kind of use that, you know, oh, well, I don't want, you know, I got a really good interest rate. So I'm just going to take out 
the full amount of a purchase in a loan. And then instead of investing that extra money <laughs> and getting that, that difference, that six or eight percent of the market, they're just using it as uh, as an excuse just to pay less towards their asset or whatever they're buying. And then they go and spend that extra money instead of investing it. And that's that's where, you know, I think uh, it, where a lot of people get led astray and they just end up taking on too much debt. So we got to be looking at how we're being strategic with with debt. But that's kind of how I want you guys to be, to be thinking about debt as a whole, though. No, that was super helpful. And I'm glad you took us back to high school econ, because I'm pretty sure that opportunity cost really did come out the first few weeks of that that class. <laughs> Let's get into a little bit about the, the different types of debt that our listeners kind of as, you know, residents, fellows, junior physicians will encounter. And probably the first one, even our medical student listeners are going to have is credit card debt, right? Like, we probably opened up our first travel card as we get ready for you know the interview seasons, and then we're flying about, we're building up debt for that, or for living expenses, or for you know whatever other sorts of daily living purchases there are during this time period, um, or for other reasons. So I think that's a good place to start because it's probably a very common experience for most of us. Yeah, no, of course. I, I think credit cards are um, are definitely a great great tool that we have at our, at our disposal, but it's got to be something that uh, we got to be very cautious with how we're using it. And you know, essentially, these credit card companies make money. Uh, they're betting on you not being able to make that payment at the end of the month. And so, uh, if we can, you know, we use credit, and you take out a credit card, you know, maybe medical school, and use that to develop your credit score, which we'll we'll talk about. That's great. But sometimes you you know you get into a situation where you start to you know you have more than you're able to pay on a monthly basis, and you start to accrue credit card debt, and now they're charging you an interest rate. And so a lot of the times, you know, it, you kind of have you fall into that situation. But I think it's really important to you know look at when you do have you know let's say you have now ten thousand dollars of credit card debt or even you know some some instances a lot more than that I think it's really important to be honest with yourself and look back at seeing why why do you have the credit card debt you know what was the leading cause of you accruing that debt was it just because you know a lot of life happened and we just had to take care of expenses we had a lot of emergencies that came up and we just hadn't have time to build up any reserves or anything yet or was it because we're a little bit spendy and maybe we're buying things that we shouldn't necessarily be buying or don't necessarily need in our situation and i think those are two very different conversations that we have to have before we start tackling this debt we really want to look at it as you know when when we're accruing interest you know, some of these credit cards are, you know, costing you maybe 20, 30% interest. And so it's like, you're, you're just hemorrhaging, you know, blood out, you know, when, when it comes to this. And so we have to look at saying, okay, how is there other ways that we can minimize the bleeding, maybe some balance transfers. And so a balance transfer is, you know, essentially, if we have a lot of credit card debt on one one card, well, maybe we can take out another credit card. And a lot of these new other credit cards will offer zero uh, percent interest uh, for eighteen months on a new card, and so we can, you know, maybe uh, swipe the card and you know balance transfer a portion of that over there um, to stop the bleeding on at least a portion of it. A lot of times you can't get the full amount um, at zero percent, but if we can stop the bleeding a little bit, that that's going to be really helpful. But we really got to identify, okay, what is the issue? And if we go back to what we were just talking about and the opportunity cost, though, it's 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 a hard pill to swallow because if we're you're, you know, it's like, Michael, you're telling me to put 
my cash into an account that's earning me 0% interest, you know, in cash, or maybe 1% if it's an online bank, you know, versus paying down this card that's costing me 20% interest. Are you crazy? You know, but it's, it, it comes back to kind of the, the, the chicken or the egg though. And, you know, where, where was, where did this really come from? And so if we can treat that, it does go counter, uh, you know, counteract what we want to be looking at from debt, but this is not a, a situation that we want to continue getting into. It's more of a temporary thing that we want to address fit and then make sure that we don't have to get into that situation moving forward. But other people who maybe have gotten uh, are on the other end of it, maybe they they just found themselves, you know, they just got a credit card for the first time. And maybe they are spending a little bit more than, you know, than they're used to. And uh, maybe they, you know, they're not used to not seeing it come out of their checking account on a regular basis. You know, sometimes one of the things that we can do is, you know, when you're first taking out a credit card, we usually like you to just start with your fixed expenses on the credit card. Everything else put on your debit card so you can really see the impact of that on your cash. Um, so put your fixed expenses just to kind of trial that. And then um, if you do want to start getting more points and things like that, you can also always pay that credit card on a weekly basis instead of waiting the full month. So then you can really start to see that impact of that um, of your spending on a weekly basis, as opposed to getting blindsided by the end of the month. So um, just some just some things to think about in, in the credit card space, though. Um, I think you know going forward, I'd like to talk a little bit about building credit, right? Because my credit card always tells me like, hey, this is your credit score this month. So what are the components that go into that credit score? What does credit mean? Yeah, sure. It's a uh, credit is is kind of that mysterious thing that we just uh, we just hope is good, right? <laughs> but you know, and 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 you know, this is the credit. You, you have to think of it as if you're gonna you know give somebody money on the on the street and you know and loan them money, you'd want to know a little bit about their history of of paying other people back, right? And so this is you know your way of developing a relationship with the with the banking and you know debt in you know industry in the U.S. as a whole. And so there's some set components that they have to track that so that you know they know if you're a good lender or not and so the there's five components so the five are your payment history the total amount that you owe the length of your credit card history your mix of credit so like credit cards auto loans mortgages um, and then new credit um so like new credit checks so when someone takes a, a pull on your credit to check check your credit um so if we start with payment history this is one that is really hard to impact, um, but this is why I encourage a lot of my like medical students and a lot of really younger clients. Even I have you know parents to have their get their kids you know on their credit card you know so they can start to build their credit earlier. And so that payment history is going to be really really important, but the, it's, that's the hardest to really impact outside of just time. Um, but when you're starting to take out those first credit cards, uh, one of the things that you know I personally ran into was you know one of my first credit cards was um, the it was a uh, one of the cards I won't mention the name, but it was a card, but it had a um, an annual fee associated to it. And at the time, I didn't think that was that big of a deal because of getting points and things like that. But now it's like it's a decent card, but now it's my longest standing credit card on my credit report. So now, if I were to cancel that, that would shorten my credit history substantially. And so, be cautious of when you're first taking out those credit cards. You know, try to get those ones that don't have a fee associated with it. So you can just, you know, if you decide you don't want it in the future, you can just leave it open and you're not getting charged a fee on that. So just, um, you know, learn from my mistakes on that one. 
Um, the, uh, the other thing is the amount owed. This is really, you know, a lot of people get really stressed out when it comes to like their student loans and things. Student loans have a very, very small impact on your credit score. Um, the biggest things are your revolving debt. And so revolving debt uh, essentially means your credit card debt is, is going to have the biggest impact on that. And so what they look at is what's called your credit utilization. So how much of your credit are you using? So if they, you know, give you access to, putting $10,000 on your credit card if you want it, you know, and you use $3,000 per month of that 10,000, that would be a 30% credit utilization. And the goal is to try to identify and get your spending on your credit card at about around 30% or less is, is kind of that sweet spot. If you're spending a lot more than that, it'll hurt your credit. If you're spending a lot less than that, it'll also hurt your credit. So um, keep in mind, you know, that you can always increase. So if you've just, you know, you only have, you know, a $2,000 limit on your credit card, but you're spending, you know, a thousand bucks a month just on, you know, fixed expenses, you can always ask for them to increase that on your card too. So keep that in mind. Um, and then the, um, other thing is the you know uh, length of credit history, and I think I, I, I talked about payment history as as part of the length of credit history. But um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the payment history. This is making your payments on time and not missing any payments. So that is a paramount importance. So please make sure that all of your payments are on time. Whatever works for you, just make sure that those bills get paid on time. Um, that's going to be really critical because just one little you know late payment can really put a put a uh, kink in your in your credit. Um, credit mix is also important. So, you know, making sure that you have credit cards, you know, if you have uh, a car loan, um, you know, your student loans, if you have a mortgage, you know, yet the more, uh, variety that you have, if you only have a credit card, um, you know, it's, it's going to be, it'll be helpful to start building credit, but we want you to start to build other types of loans, uh, loans as well. And that will help to build up your credit over time as well. Um, and then just keep out, keep an eye out for the new, new credit, uh, checks. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of sites and apps that will, um, check your credit. And those are, those are soft goals. Those don't impact your credit. But when you're going and investigating, like just to see what a new loan would cost you or different things like that, those things can really, um, put a dent on, on your credit. So we don't want to have too many hard inquiries, um, on your credit score as well. Thank you for that demystifying the credit score. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like it's just there's a someone up in the sky that is throwing a three-digit number down at you, but <laughs> that was very helpful. Let's move on to some other types of credit, as you alluded to there, that we might throw into our credit mix. And the first that I can envision in terms of other big purchases a you know, resident, fellow, junior faculty might make is that of a house. Um, and mortgages have been in the news quite a bit recently too. Yeah, I mean mortgages and you know buying a house are usually a bit a hot topic for you know for a lot of a lot of our clients and um, trying to make that decision is tough you know and a lot of people think when they have you know three four hundred thousand dollars of student loans outstanding they're you know saying well who would qualify me for for you know another house on top of that too but um, you know student loans also play a very small percentage into into the you know acquiring a mortgage as well and there's lots of programs available for physicians um, specifically that make it a lot easier for you guys to acquire property um, so there you know, when you're looking at, you know, acquiring a house and you're uh, not a physician, what they want to do, if they're going to loan you that much money, it's really, you know, important that they know you, you have a good credit history, like we just talked about. Um, but they, even still, they want you to have some skin in the game just to make sure that, you know, if you're loaning, you know, 
brought a three to five hundred thousand dollar house that you have to have you know about 20 percent down on that house in order for them to feel comfortable that you have had that skin of the game to it and if you pay put less than that as an average borrower you actually have to take out an insurance policy that you're not going to default on your loan it's called private mortgage insurance so it's another additional cost but but you guys as as physicians actually are good debtors and you know you guys have very steady streams of income good job retention um and so as as a whole the, the banks have identified you guys as a demographic that you know it kind of get another gold star next to your name when you have have the, have the doctor in front of your name and there's lots of different physician loan programs um that will allow you to bypass that uh private mortgage insurance and be able to put all the way down to zero percent down and not have to come up with anything and not have to take out that additional private mortgage insurance policy either and so most of the companies are around like five percent down is kind of that sweet spot um there are some very competitive uh rates still at the zero percent down and so you can always connect you guys with some of the different banks that are still offering that those those kind of those banks change all the time kind of who's who's the best at any given time but um so it helps you know helps to get that barrier for entry um and remove that we still have to account for closing costs on a house which may be you know ten to fifteen thousand dollars on maybe uh you know, four or five hundred thousand dollar house we have to keep in mind. But you know, it's really, you know, uh important, you know, to you know, figure out what those costs are gonna look like to, you know, get in the door of, of a house. But then we also have to look at okay, what is that monthly payment gonna be for you on an ongoing basis? And so when we're talking about affordability of a house, and that's usually the question that I get is, you know, can I afford to buy a house right now? And you know, those are those are the two things. We want to make sure that, you know, do you have enough in your reserve tank to maintain an emergency reserve and put a down payment on a house or just pay the closing costs on the house. Because a lot of people might say, hey, I got 15 grand in, in cash. I, I'm good to go. I can cover those closing costs. But now you just put yourself in a position where now you have more risk as a homeowner of things going wrong. Now you're gonna, your hot water heater can go out or different, you need a new roof now. And now we don't have an emergency reserve. And so that's a perfect recipe for creating more credit card debt for yourself. So we got to make sure that we have good um, uh, reserve after putting that down payment as well. So when it comes to student loans, um, if you are making any sort of payment on your loan, uh, whatever repayment plan that you're on, they can typically use that as um, as accounting towards your debt to income ratio. And typically, a lot of the lenders will lend out to about 50% of what your total income is. Um, and so then they factor in some of these other debt payments that you have to make. Uh, but if you don't have a, a student loan payment, some of these physician loan programs will cut student loans completely out, but others will just take 1% of the total cost of the uh, total total amount of loans outstanding and they'll offer that as a monthly payment for you so a lot of times it makes sense to try to you know figure out how we can get get you into at least some repayment plan um to show that instead of having to do the one percent rule so those are um, just some some important things to be thinking about when you're looking at buying a house Awesome. So I know we talked about buying a house, um, but I also think that there are some people, you know, medical students who are going into residency, moving to a new state, residents becoming fellows or attendings who need to buy a new car. How do we, you know, um, address buying a car, um, you know, counting, looking at how much car payments are and all that stuff too? 
Yeah, no, it's a definitely a crazy market in the in the car world. But um, but you know when it when it comes to buy, you know purchasing a car, it's 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 a lot like purchasing a house when we have to look at it and say, okay, how much do we have in our reserves to put down, and what sort of monthly cost are we able to float in in our situation as well. And this this current market has really th- you know thrown things for a loop because of a lot of chip shortages and just shortages in general. They're ma- making it harder for their uh, to find new cars and new cars are taking a lot longer to be produced. And so when people need cars, well, now they're going to the used car market. And so now it's easier to get a used car than it is to get a new car. Therefore, it's driving used car prices through the roof. And so now a lot of, a lot of you know, many of the models and things that, you're, that you might be looking at, I, like a two-year-old car um, with a few, few thousand miles on it might actually cost you more than if you were to just buy it new now, which is absolutely crazy. I mean, I, I told my wife I'd never buy a, a new car because that, you know, that's just wasteful and the depreciation in the first year. But now it's like, it's kind of silly not to be looking at new cars. If, you know, if you're in a market and you need to be purchasing a car right now, you could look at, you know, getting factory warranties, a lot of other perks, potentially lower interest rate on, uh, on new financing as well. So um, definitely things to, things to be looking out for, but uh, when it comes to buying versus leasing, right now is not a typically a very good uh, leasing environment. Um, leasing is really paying that depreciation um, on the car over the next three years or however long your lease payment is. Um, but when the cars are holding their value in this market, it's you know they're not depreciating at the rate that they might be projecting, and so you might be paying a lot more than if you were to just buy it and hold on to it for these next next few years. So the leasing market um, typically has not been uh, as favorable as as just buying a, buying a car and taking a loan out for for a lot of these cars too. So um, totally depends on the the the, uh, the amount of money that you're looking to spend on on the car um, and what your typical typical mo is with owning a car if you kind of own it for a long time or if you're kind of one that you know changes cars out a few years but um just so just want to give you guys some tidbits on what's what's happening in the car market too though super so i think that that covers a lot of the you know big credit changing purchases that that we'd encounter sort of as as junior physicians um but what if other things come up michael and just remind us how we can get in touch with you yeah, sure thing. Yeah, we will. Uh, we'll put the uh, my scheduling link just directly in the in the show notes. If people want to just book something on my calendar, feel free to. I'd love love to chat with you. Um, feel free to just Google Michael Foley Northstar or send me an email at michael.foley at northstarfinancial.com and um, love to chat with you. We don't charge for initial consults. Um, love to love to kind of see uh, if there's anything that we can do to help out with you. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Michael, for coming on to our podcast and giving us all this great information. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me again. All right. So that does it for today. Once again, this is Nick. This is Faye. And this has been Kriogs Over Coffee. So guys, if you enjoy this episode or any of our other episodes, go ahead and go onto iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whatever podcatcher you use to listen to our podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. You can find us online on Twitter at CreagsOverCoff1, on Instagram and Facebook at CreagsOverCoffee, or if you love the show, support us. Head over to patreon.com slash CreagsOverCoffee, send us some love, and we'll send you some swag. We'll have show notes for this show and all of our other episodes on our website, www.creagsovercoffee.com. We'll also have the Rosh Review Question of the Week. And finally, if you have a question for us, a correction to this or any of our previous episodes, or just want to say hello, email us, CreagsOverCoffee at gmail.com.